When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar, I'm your host as always and joining me is the wonderful, splendid Mr. Cammy Bell. David, how are you my friend, are you well? Yeah, I'm not too bad mate, I uh, can't, can't, oh hang on, hang on, got a call coming in, one second. Hello? No, he's not for sale. Oh. Yeah, okay, okay, I've got him here, I'll ask. Cammy, that's the Peter Crouch podcast, they're offering me a set of tracksuit and a bag of balls for you. And I think it's take a good it. deal. Take yeah, it and I run. Think it's a good deal. You, you'll get to meet Abby. Mm-hmm. Yep, go for it. It's all good. But uh, no, all week transfer tread, uh, deadline day jokes aside, we, we can't get into it too much today, unfortunately, folks, because at the time of recording, nothing's happened. Um, so, you know, by the time you come to listen to this, Rangers might have bought 15 players and sold 13. I doubt it. But uh, it could well have happened. Um, it's been too long this transfer window. Let's, let's, I know COVID, other it, but it has been too long. Yeah, it certainly has. It's kind of taken its toll, and we have not been without our own particular circus in terms of what's going on. What's the plural of circus? Is it circus? Or is it circi? Or is it circuses? I think, it, I think it's circuses. It should be yeah, circi. Is I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, I think it's circuses. So, well, whatever they are, we've not been without them. And um, I, I, honestly, I hate this whole. The transfer window slams shut, especially given my particular employer, because you try and ham it up as much as you possibly can. The whole thing died, David, the minute you weren't allowed to have reporters outside the ground with big, massive, inflatable dildos going by and stuff. So, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, let's just get whatever business we're getting done. Let's just wrap it up and uh, begin the dreaded international break before the real stuff starts back again in a couple of weeks. Mm, no, I, I, I think that's fair. Um, it has been... And, and players do get... 
you know, their head turned up with something the old manager said about Morelos after Leverkusen games and players are aware of speculation going on. Look, I like the old days. I liked you could just buy a player at any given point. I was a fan of that. But if you are going to have windows where there is this, you know, deadline day and a closing day, then make it at least short for Christ's sake and let's just get everything done and dusted with. But we've loads to talk about this week, Cammy. One game that will live long in the memory and one that was probably forgotten about an hour after it finished. Uh, let's go back to Thursday night. Rangers took on Galatasaray in the Europa League playoff, trying to do something I can't remember is doing, which is group stage of Europe three years in a row. Um, remarkable achievement for the club if it happened, which of course, thankfully, it did. As Rangers, with a really good performance, beat Galatasaray by two goals to one. Uh, goals, of course, from Scott Arfield and, and James Tavernier and Cami. First of all, let, let's before we get into the match itself, let's talk a wee bit about the the achievement because you know we go all the way back to that first qualifier not long after uh, against Scoopy, um, not long after Stephen Gerrard came in. Since then, we've had eleven qualifiers, eleven qualifying ties. We've never lost a match in it. We've never been behind in a match in it, and we've won all eleven. Um, now, for all that. That there can be criticism domestically, and you know some of it is very much deserved. I don't think that we can do anything other than doff our caps to what is a splendid European record. No, I mean, you know, you could say doff your cap. I would also say stand up and applaud because some of it really has been truly miraculous. Um, the challenge that we've had. Uh, within the European qualifiers is ridiculous, right? Because we know we're, we're not welcome at the party, David, right? We know that. We're smart enough to know that um, because we're just a small country and TV figures dominate these things. But Rangers have broken the trend in terms of having to navigate these qualifiers. And we, we're almost pesky, I think, in terms of how UEFA might view us because we are dragging up the coefficient. Uh, you're welcome, Scotland. And... We're doing so in such a way that we're giving ourselves a proper platform to be able to to continue uh, to build upon. I won't lie, I was incredibly nervous against Galatasaray. Not because it was necessarily Galatasaray, who are a big name, right? I'm sorry, I know we can go back to the whole, they're not the team 15 years ago, yada, yada, yada. But they've still got quality players. They're still a multi-million pound squad. Uh, European pedigree, but part of me, David, was also worried about that because we had done so well in the previous qualifiers. It's kind of like it was almost like a like an expanded version of the 2008 run, where you kind of thought, yeah, we've done well, but this will be it. Like that will be it now. And I think just because of how well we've done across those qualifiers, I just felt that maybe third time was a charm and that was going to be our uh, our downfall. But we played we played well enough that upon reflection. And on our Patreon show is obviously doing like the post-match and then the next day doing the daily update. I kind of really just had to kind of digest it. And once I'd reflected on it, I thought, no, we're a European force now. We have to understand that we are a force in Europe. And to go from Scoopy to where we are now, the, the management team and the players involved, absolutely, you know, they really should take a bow. Yeah, they should. And look, it's a guts uh around about £40 million has come into the club based on the European runs and success the last three years. And that's huge because, firstly, and I hate to do this, but it is relevant, Celtic have made the Europa League the last three years. Not the Champions League, thankfully, but the Europa League. That would have been a £40 million jump when they're already ahead of us in budget. 
um, which would have made things just even more difficult than than they already are. But it has enabled us to invest in players and to get better. Still not the level we need to be at. We know that. And the only time that we'll be able to say, yeah, this is where we should be is when we've got 55 in the bank. But at least we, we've been able to move on in the right direction and sign guys, you know, like a, a 7 million on Kent. You know, that, that couldn't have happened without this. So it's a fantastic achievement. The game itself, I thought, was really tight the first half. Um, I think both sides had a lot of respect for each other. I think they were quite well-matched sides as well. And I think that it was it was cagey with both teams being aware that the other could hurt them. Galatasaray, I thought Rangers were brilliant for the opening 15 minutes, Cammy. Then I thought Gala started to dominate the ball rather than the actual... Because they only really made one chance. Rangers were were handling them, but, but I still was... When half time came, I felt yeah that that came at a good time for us. Yeah, I think um, the momentum had shifted uh, to Galatasaray midway through the first half. You're right, we absolutely did start well. We uh, we took care of the ball. We we recycled well. You know, we we were really looking within a a good level of performance at that stage, and we had a great bright start that we wanted to get out of the, the game. This is the challenge, and with all due respects, the trip to Holland and Gibraltar, this is a, a you know, a ten, fifteen million pound shootout, right? That's what this is, and it's in a one leg affair. So it did yep. feel a little bit like we got a bit patchy in terms of how the game was transgressing back and forth at the uh, by the time that we got to forty five minutes, I I was quite welcome for the break at that stage. Yeah, very much so. However, um in possibly one of the most shocking turns of events in my life, folks. Right. <laughs> I've I've honestly never seen anything like this in all my days supporting Rangers or sport in general. Some people will refer back to yesterday, as we record this, Sunday, October the fourth. Some people will say that the day that Liverpool, the English champions, lost seven two to Aston Villa and Manchester United lost six one at home to Spurs was one of the most shocking events in football. For me, it was Cami Bell. Messaging at me at half time saying Gerard will go get into them at half time and we'll score two goals in the first fifteen minutes of the second half and that'll do us. You've never been right about anything about football ever. And then you fucking delivered that and it was did you have a vision? Was it like one of these uh, Native American things where you were standing under a tree and, and it just appeared to you? I felt the the reading of the game was was very obvious to to those you know the, the football experts among us. Yeah, but we're talking uh, you. It was you uh, that yeah, got it right. Yeah, I understand. Understand where you're going with it. Just settle down, Petal. Um, I think. Listen, you know we've said it before. When we get the team in at half time, he, he obviously does give them a bit of it. My, I think my exact phrase was "rock it up, arse two goals in fifteen minutes," and it was as simple as that. And and again. Upon reflection, the challenge that I've got at that stage is we can't just rely on the half-time team talk to be able to spot the team back into action. I mean, don't get me wrong, it completely killed the game in Galatasaray by the time of the uh, the Tav goal. I mean, they were they were they were done. I mean, they were out of the game at that point. So the two the two sharp goals arrived beautifully for us. Um, but you kind of just get the feeling that that's all we had to do was you know kind of get back into neutral, regroup go back out and start the second half and start to blow them away and and by Christ we did it. Yeah, we we absolutely did. And and honestly I've 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 not been as shocked since I found melted chocolate on the seats of my Ferrari. But uh indeed Rangers were able to 
to, to go into that with two goals of absolutely sublime quality. And look, there are times, and we're going to come to it on Sunday, where when we try to play like that, it does become, in the words of my neighbour, tippy-tappy shite. Um, because you've got to be really sharp and everybody's movement's got to be good and the passing's got to be ideal. But see, when we do do it well, my God, that first goal... The, the step over, the ball itself, but the step over from Alfie, the turn and touch, the touch and turn even from Hadji, and the run and outside of the boot finish from Scotty Arfield. That was a peach. It was. Um, I keep watching it back, and I just think it's a really weird finish from Arfield. Is it, why does he not hit it with his left foot? But you knew what he was doing. He, he came in, came into it, and and it was a goal deserved of. Um, the calibre of team of Galatasaray in order to be able to beat them. And you're right, listen, do you know what? We can be surgical at times and we're going to come on to an even better goal in, in just a couple of seconds. But when you saw the way how that, that move started to unfold, we were able to try and take it from there. One thing that I think it's uh, it's remiss of us to do, David, is not to uh, absolutely champion Rangers TV and the quality team for what I think was probably the staunchest of staunch panels at that stage. And certainly a move that um, Mr. Sunnis himself would have been proud of in his in his pomp. Yeah, it, it really was uh, an outstanding um, team goal. But then the second one, my goodness, um, it I was a wee bit like Ali McCoist, uh, and I'm sure that you were as well, listeners. That I sort of noticed how good a move it had been long before it really got dangerous because Galatasaray pushed right up Rangers decided to play it from the back you only need to look at England most weeks to see what a disaster that can be but goalkeeper rolls it to Connor Goldson Connor Goldson to Tav Tav starts there was a lovely bit of interplay in the midfield a couple of nice balls that, that get it across to Ryan Kent on the other wing and at that point I'm thinking going god this is a good move and then ends up with Borna who brilliantly if you see because there was a, a camera the, the yeah. Turkish TV camera was in the it was actually in the, the govern it's a, a kind of weird angle for for those of us who are used to only seeing Rangers from, from the other side. Um, you see Borna put the cross in, it gets a deflection, and he turns away in disgust. But he didn't bother because when he turned back round, what he saw was James Tavernier going in there, getting his head on it, nodding past the goalkeeper for 2-0. This was a peach. It was it was fantastic. I'm fairly sure that that, that reaction from Borna is captured in the Ibrox Away Days uh, video as well. Please just go and watch it because it's hilarious. Because as soon as he realises that Tav has scored, you know, he's straight over to, to go and celebrate with him. Um, the goal itself was so incisive. And what, you know, we've spoken a lot around, I mean, it is literally the truest sense of the term of box to box. So wonderful athleticism from Tav, um, taking it maybe five, ten yards out from goal. Because the, the pass from McGregor to, to Goldson to Tav is, is virtually, you know, it's virtually straight. The, the pass, which I think for me is is phenomenal and doesn't get enough credit just purely from Tav's perspective, is the one that he plays to Morelos because it actually dissects right through the Galatas around midfielder between two guys in a very, very fine angle. It must have been if you were facing it, if you were sitting watching it from the Brumlin, must have been a very, very tight angle. Passes it through to Morelos and, as I say, Tav keeps running. Again, phenomenal engine in the guy. We know what he's capable of doing. Um, we're fair here on heart and hand, so we'll maybe say, you know, defensively, if you look at that and you can see that goal, you are absolutely, you know, you're kicking the cat out the window. But what you're saying to yourself is he has to be there to be able to score that. Full-back to full-back. Um, Tav has to be in the ball. He has to be in that position. And he just doesn't give up on it. Um, so, tremendous goal. 
the build-up play to it, as you say, here in Ali, you know, he's like, oh, that's this is wonderful, this is wonderful football. And you can almost, I've got this thing about Ali McCoy, right? See, as soon as I say his name, I start smiling, because that's how much joy he's brought to my life. But you, you and I, David, you can see him sitting on the edge of his seat, getting excited because he's seen the build-up unfolding in front of him and uh, and then the goal itself as well so uh, absolutely brilliant and, and well deserved absolutely well deserved I'll say at this stage as well you create goals like that through skill and ingenuity and just again like you say that 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 um, mobility to go from the right of the back of your goal right to the front fantastic I was uh, fortunate enough to be there covering the game for, for Heartland and I was in the, the enclosure and I could hear Clive Tilsley and Ali McCoy at that goal. Genuinely, that's <laughs> that's how loud both of them were. You you, you could hear them in the stadium. Um, but it was such a splendid goal. I, I try to be kind of neutral um, when I go into the, you know, I'm fan media. People know that, so it's not like um, they would be surprised by it. But even so, just bit of decorum. Uh, that was a tough one on Thursday, and and I got when the first goal went in, I got a dirty look from the Turkish media guys when the second one went in I got muttering and I thought if we score again they're going to, to <laughs> they're going to go for me um, because it's just you can't help it you know it was such a huge goal and it was such a great goal and I said yes and then realised it's like oh hang on you're not in your seat David to behave but uh, it's, it's never going to change conceded a late goal obviously to 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 give us all a few heart attacks in the last few minutes, but got there, and that's all that matters. And then the draw itself, Cami, um, not not the worst draw in terms of uh, I get the whole glamour ties are great, but especially this year when you know there, there won't be many, if any, fans in. Then or, or especially doing trips. Then for me, it's can we get through? And I look at that group, and I think yeah, we can absolutely get through that. Not. Any game in it will be easy, because they won't. All of the games are a challenge. All of the games are against sides who are decent. You know what you need to be to to, to get to this level. But equally, do I fear any of them? No, not at all. I don't think you have any reason to when you consider, you know, some of the the higher-end European clubs that have have come to Ibrox and and been found wanting. So Michelin, who have obviously just uh, qualified for the Champions League group stages. Young boys, Feyenoord, Braga, Porto. I mean, the the we, we've nothing to fear um, in terms of uh, Villarreal. Yep, yeah, in terms of big teams coming to us, um, and really just setting our stall out and being able to control the game. We've been guilty at times. We didn't do this against Galatasaray, so I hope that this is the trend now being buckled. But what I would hope is that we start the games well because we've not been great at that. And teams like Porto came and they zipped the ball about David, you know, there was just real quality of how they yeah, looked that, after that it. first half was yeah. and watching it, an yeah, <laughs> terrified. <laughs> but you know what? We've 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 faced them and we've beat them. So see as far as I'm concerned, we have nothing to worry about in terms of Europe. Yeah, I, you know, it'd be great if we had the glamorise and the fans were in the stadium. Selfishly, then I would say, you know, we've not taken any major teams out of the pots that I would have said, oh, I'm, I'm glad we didn't get them because I would want to go to the game because I'm obviously not going to get to go. But from the club's perspective, um, we have to look at it from a from a financial piece of every draw, you know, every point is worth X amount, every win is worth Y amount. You've got to be able to try to equate it in those terms. And I think financially we could get um, some, some pretty big um, outputs from this. 
Absolutely, but uh, no, exciting times ahead in uh, the Europa League. And look, last year, we got to the last 16. I don't think it's unreasonable to say we should be looking to target the quarters and say, you know, because we did that last year. We've gone better. Each, let's let's see. Um, but yeah, the, the, the emotions were, were running high. The Rangers support were a very happy bunch. And, and part of that, Cammy, would have been due to the, the TV coverage that you touched upon there. Uh, Clive Tilsley and Ali McCoyst in the commentary box and uh, a panel, my goodness, Neil McCann, Graham Soonis, Walter Smith. Uh, that is uh, the stuff that dreams are made of. For sure. And um, I know that we did talk about, you know, whether or not the club would consider not charging fans for the games. And I understand why there's, there's certain arguments towards that. We've piled massive investment into the club, whether it's strips or Nigers or whatever else as well. However, you've also got to remember that we've, we've, we've paid for this in terms of season ticket money. The club have went that extra mile in terms of trying to repay that investment with absolute quality. And, you know, when Graham Sinus talks, you listen. And he just commands that presence. The guy is one of the best pundits in the country. Neil McCann, I do believe, is the best pundit in Scotland, by the way. So although that you're talking about varying levels of you know entrenched Rangers staunchness, I think Neil McCann more than holds his own in a panel like that because he comes up with absolutely brilliant points. But soon as you could just help, soon as to me, um, and, and maybe I'm just being a it's the blue-tinted glasses, David, but soon as to me just felt like he was totally relaxed because he was at home. It just felt like he was just, you know, so loving being back at Ibrox. It wasn't the Sky Studio. It was him being there, wanting to see the team doing well, almost kind of challenging them to do well. And see when he's talking about, this is what Rangers is about. You have to come here. You have to know that players are going to leave a bit on you. So you have to get there and put a bit of dig. You're just, I mean, the flashbacks that you're getting about what he was able to do for us, just absolutely rings true. And then you've got Walter who, let's face it, I just just, feel... Happy he's brilliant. Walter speaks. Yeah, and he's got exactly. these wee, you know, I, I just feel safe and content, and and that he's got these wee Walter phrases that I hadn't realised I'd missed until he said them. Like he's been very good for Rangers over the piece. Uh, yeah, that's a wee Walter phrase, particularly um, uh, if you look at it uh, over the last few seasons. Uh, and just the way he does it, I just I love him. I love him. He's Walter Smith. And um, and then you dovetail that with uh, with Clyde Tildesley and and Ali McCoyst on. On, on comms and co-coms. I mean, it's just, it's it's fantastic. And Ali, I do believe, is good value in terms of where he is from a co-coms. I think he does well. Clive Tildes is just a class apart. See when he's talking and stuff as well, and you hear him commentating in our games. Uh, yes, fair enough. He doesn't understand how to say, say Glenn Kamara or John McLaughlin, but we'll we'll let him go with that, Jim. I mean, he, he's, he's allowed a few faux pas, uh, but he's a friend of heart and hand. So again, like you say, we always want to make sure that uh, we appreciate how great a job he does for us. Yeah, he's a friend of Heartland, meaning he did an interview with us once. It's not like hang out at his house. Well, you might not, I do. Do you? Oh, that's, yeah. that's pish. You're going to games, Jim. He, he, needs, he needs entertainment oh, yeah. for yeah, when okay, he's out that, golfing like, and all no. that kind of stuff as well. He sees you at the stadium. Oh, I, 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 don't, I don't know how to play golf. <laughs> I mean, I know how we do it, right? I mean, like, you know, you, you, take, you understand the concept. You take the golf bat and you swing it at the wee, uh, the, the wee ball thing. Uh, aye, and and uh, you, you hit it after tea, and, and it 
in my experience, um, I hurt my back and the ball ends up about four feet away from where it first started. <laughs> so the whole thing seems a bit pointless to me. But uh, no, you 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 would be be better at that sort of thing than me. So onwards uh, and upwards, Cammy. We then went into um, domestic match again for us County at Ibrox yesterday. This is one of those games that. Uh, there's really no other uh, with all due respect to Ross County and that usually does uh, mean an insult's coming, it's really not but Rangers at at Ibrox, it should never even be a thing, Uh, you know, no offence to to Ross County but it it shouldn't it should be a fixture that Rangers just pick up three points and almost by rote and look, in the end we did get them but it's fair to say that you know, that old phrase, the European hangover. If you ever want it, if an alien arrives tomorrow and says, explain the concept to me of a European hangover, you just show them this match. The performance was just not good. There were long spells in the match where we were all getting a bit antsy, but in the end, job done. And as I say, this is this is one of the games that in the end of season DVD, you get the two goals and that's it. And it just moves on. Yeah, I think... Um... You can't listen. You've got to. You've got to take this week in its own individual context, and and we're going to have a lot of weeks like this, David. Right? We are now because of our European uh, European inclusion. Um, you know, across certainly uh, the next number of weeks, where we're not going to have to put out the same effort levels from game A to game B, because domestically, we shouldn't have to raise gears consistently to be able to beat any of our domestic opponents. We shouldn't, right? Because we can't expel a higher degree of energy and effort against our European teams than we will do, you know, especially at home uh, when we're playing on the Sundays. So I I get where we're at with, uh, you know, yeah, we would have loved to have been able to kind of use the buoyancy of of the European qualification to say, right, let's put four or five or six past, um, uh, you know, Ross County. Somewhat adversely, and listen, I know that we're not here to talk about them, but I also believe that had Celtic dropped points, which they were incredibly close to doing on Sunday, we might have had a little bit more zip and a little bit more of a spring in our step to try and get out there to get a few goals by them. But we're going to have to accept the fact that some of these results, all that matters is the three points. Yes, we can talk about goal difference and all the rest of it, and the performances aren't phenomenal, but all that matters is the three points. And if you had said to me on Friday morning, you'll get three points against Ross County, it'll be a 2-0 win, that's it. I would quite happily have taken it off of you. It doesn't have to be, you know, 150% all the time. It wasn't a great game to watch. As you say, it was pretty much no thrills, but, you know, it's Ross County at home in an empty stadium. I think we just have to accept what we're taking there. Rangers took the lead through James Tavernier. It was a penalty. Stonewall, I don't think there was any uh, complaints about that. And I was kind of saving, I could have mentioned them after the goal in the performance the other night, but eight goals in eight games from your right back. I mean, that that's amazing. Yeah, it is, yeah, and um, I just, I was so pleased to see him been able to go through this because I think towards the second part of last season's absolute malaise, he he started to really beat himself up with this. I think he took a lot of personal ownership for what was happening with regards to the team, and he was by no means at any fault personally about what was happening. I don't think he was playing tremendously well, but by Christ, he was not the only one. Now what I'm starting to see from him is that he can really lift that team going forward. Um, he's he's acting more to me like a like a captain more than he ever has done since he's had that armband. 
And I don't just necessarily mean his performances in the park, David. When you look at Motherwell and you see him coming out on social media afterwards, congratulating Jordan Jones, congratulating Cedric Itton on, on their respective goals. Um, you can see him being able to try and, and lift the team as we're kind of going and trying to get into the gears. So there's an all-round aspect of not only his performance, but his performance as a captain. Um, the goals are great, and I totally, totally understand that. Um, but he, I, I genuinely believe he'll just have as many, um, you know, pleasing moments when he's keeping clean sheets or, again, like you say, if it's like Galatasaray, where we concede a, a, a goal, we're, we're minimising any that we concede. So, um, you know, he's, he's, he's having a tremendous uh, patch at the moment and long may it continue. Uh, the, you know, Rangers again were up against a well-organised defence, but I thought we were lacking a wee bit of sharpness, a wee bit of... We were moving them around, but not in a way that, that was causing a panic in their back line. They were all still quite comfortable. We, we, we weren't doing it quickly enough. And I should have known when I didn't get a message from Cammy saying two goals in the first 15 minutes or whatever, but I, I did expect a reaction after half-time, and it didn't come, really. And in fact, I would say that Rangers got worse. And by about 70 minutes, I was really could do with the second here. And Ross County had a very good chance with a header from a set piece that they probably should have scored from. But then substitute Brandon Barker came on, um, did really well to get on on a ball over the top from the uh, Yanis Hadji for another assist for him. I think a seven and seven for him and assist. Yeah. Um, good finish to, to, to put it away on his birthday. No less. And he's an interesting one, Brandon Barker, because I think that for a lot of fans that they've made their mind up about him. And I'll be honest, so had I. Right. Um, I, I, last season, I just... Because when he signed, he's one of these guys that when he signed, I thought, hmm, you know, and that's not a, a great start when somebody signs where you've already sort of half made your mind up. Then when I saw him, I just thought, I don't know why he's here. Um, God love the boy. I was surprised to see him come in in the summer, but... It's quite clear that the manager and the management team see something in him. Um, and to be fair, you know, he's, he's been in the side, the team's been winning, and, and it was a good goal, an important goal. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough for him to... It's like as if he almost has to go and, and, and kind of break what people's existing um, interpretation of him is. And I, listen, I understand that, because I'm exactly the same. I won't be a hypocrite. I, I, I couldn't really see what he was bringing to the team. Uh, and and when he was coming on as a sub, I was kind of like, you know, is this really our best option or what we're we doing here? Um, what he's done is, I think he's he's confounded a lot of that by his performances. He's clearly training well, right? We know how much emphasis Gerard places within how hard you work in training, how much you want it, that desire. I think, you know, he made some most recent comments. I think it was today, David talking about you know the future of Brandon Barker and that we're we're looking to be able to try and bring him into. Um, you know, the, the the team landscape on a more regular basis. So quite clearly he does have a part to play. Um, I think he took his goal superbly. I think, you know, anyone else other than, than Brandon Barker, who already has that reputation with a lot of the fans, comes on, injects some enthusiasm and pace into the game, which it was sorely lacking. And you're right, by the way, we were on a little bit of a kind of uh, an edge at that stage. Then what I would have said is anyone else but Brandon Barker, people would have turned around and said, that guy's changed the game for us. So I think you have to give him his due credit in terms of what he's done. And, and how well, I mean, he did take his goal well, right? He absolutely did. Um, unselfish. I, I think, you know, other times if players are not in tremendous throws of confidence, they maybe pass the ball or they try to get rid of it or something else. Ke- keeps a hold of it. Does well to be able to try and finish. 
And then as soon as that goal goes in, I think, like you say, everybody's arse has stopped twitching. Um, because Ross County were coming into the game absolutely well. So well, if we did, if we dropped two points, it would have been catastrophic. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So I think you have to give him his credit, right? I think you have to look at it in that particular context. Take off, you know, that that optic of of what we think about him beforehand. I think he needs a fresh start from the fans. I really do, David. I think he just needs to be given that opportunity because uh, I think he's performing. We've all seen jokes about his hair. I've made jokes about his hair, so, I, you know, I can't, again, <laughs> like to be, yeah, I can't talk, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like, and, and really I can't talk about anybody's hair because I don't have any. Um, but, yeah, um, it, and I do wonder sometimes with footballers, it, it helps if you look what, cool, you know, if you look what people, and I, I've often thought that with managers, that there are guys that, that people kind of dismiss, where there's others, you know, they're really well-dressed and handsome. You know, the, the guy that was at Everton, Marco Silva, he got away with a lot, you know, because he looked the part, you know, Portuguese and, you know, handsome man, very well-dressed. And other managers who maybe aren't quite as glamorous don't. And I wonder if, if partially that's it with Barker, because he doesn't really look like your conventional idea of a footballer. You know, he's got the... He's had in the past, you know, the wee sort of Amish beard and stuff, and obviously his his uh, hair uh, is interesting. So I, I do wonder if it is that, but all you can do as a footballer is just say, do you know what, I, I don't care. The manager seems to have some trust in me. I'm going to go out and I'm going to get goals and I'll change their minds. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you're Ryan Kent, Maybe you get away with having two rats' tails at the back of your head, and you know. Oh, we'd have slaughtered Brandon Barker for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you know, you've got to if you're going to chat shit, you're going to have to be able to try and get it uh, backed up. So no, I think like you say, Barker needs to to be given a little bit of a kind of fresh lease from from the Rangers support. I'm doing my best to be able to do that, and listen, trust me, I've slaughtered them more than most. Um, but again, like you say, he's turning that corner. He's been able to do it well, and. I think what I would also say as well is you've got to give credit to the manager for sticking by him. Um, because there is times where he, he's got I'm not to realise... not quite at that stage yet. Well, fair enough, right? Okay, I understand that. But then at the same point, you've also got to allow some degree of scope for the manager, given the amount of pressure which is kind of going on around the squad, especially beginning of the season, the clean sheets and all of that shit, then qualification for Europe, all of that stuff. And Barker's played his role in that. So he clearly does want to stand by and he wants to give him the opportunity. Um, and I think holistically, when you look at the guys who have come in, who are probably on the periphery, uh, squad players coming in to be able to take their opportunities, we've got a deluge of them. We've got absolutely tons of them. So, you know, Halander coming back from injury, John McLaughlin, Scott Arfield. Um, you know, we've got Itton who's coming in, scoring goals, Jordan Jones. Barker's another one of them. That's a good point that, I don't think you're going to get from Jordan Jones or Brandon Barker, being on his cousin the table, 40, 50 great performances a la Ryan Kemp. I just don't, okay? But the problem has been in the last couple of years that we've not got anything from those guys. They haven't contributed at all. That type of player, I'm not singling those two out. Whereas, you're right, in the last week, Jordan Jones played well, got a goal against Motherwell. Brandon Barker came in, did well, got a goal against... So long as they're giving you... You don't need everyone in the squad to play every game and be brilliant and all of them, but you need guys that when, if you like, the 1-11, the one that we all go, yeah, you're the, when they're not playing well or they're injured or whatever, that come in and give you something. 
And I think in the past what's happened with Rangers is we've had a really good team, but as soon as two or three dropped out or had a bad day, that forget it. We're, we're two or three injuries or suspensions away from a crisis. And I think now what we've seen is that we can have injuries literally front to back or suspensions front to back where we don't shit the bed because all of a sudden Al McGregor can't play or Alfredo Morelos is not scoring goals. Uh, same thing as well when we're kind of saying, right, so Joe Aribo started so well, took a step out, Ryan Jack then gets injured, so all of a sudden we've then got to make changes. Borna, Borna took a very bad knock um, on Sunday, and even at that point I'm thinking to myself, well, it's not a problem because Bassey comes on, it's it's not an issue, because I, I, I thought Bassey played very, very well against Motherwell. So key elements of it, I mean, listen, we can even go as far back as saying that happened when Katic got injured. So right now, I think that we've got some strength in key areas of the park that we can see replacements coming in and we can see options. And listen, David, this is going to be a long season. It is going to be a long season. We've got all of this shit that's happening with COVID and rearranged fixtures, which hasn't hit us yet, but it will do because it's just the luck of the draw. And we've got Europe and we're going to get into the cup runs and stuff. So it's all going to start to mount up. We need a strong squad. Um, and I think that, like you say, we've, we've been able to enhance... Uh, some of the guys who probably wouldn't have had a look in before, they're now starting to step into it. And, and well done to them and the management team for that opportunity. Well, you brought them up. Um, now, it could be that by the time you come to listen to this, this whole section is out of date. And if so, we apologise. But it looks as though Alfredo Morelos will remain at Rangers. News emerged today that Rangers turned down a loan bid from a Serie A side believed to be Torino um, to take him on loan for the rest of the season with a, a, a potential view to buy Rangers not interested in that, as you might imagine. But it looks as though he is going to be staying. He had a very poor match yesterday. Um, missed two sitters, just wasn't at it at all. I don't think it was an attitude thing. I don't think he was disinterested, Cammy. I think he was just having a shit game. And we need to remember that. And, and I think that sometimes we can be quick to go, ah, he, he, he doesn't care. He, he really did care. You know, you saw when he missed the chances, but he just wasn't playing well. However, he is going to stay. Um, there was, of course, that bid from uh, that, that bid earlier in the summer from Lille that, that Rangers turned down. What's your read on this whole situation, Alfredo Morelos being a Rangers player as we move on? And the, the fact that, as I say, Rangers did turn down a fee believed to be around about sixteen million from from Leo. I think he is not causing a fuss uh, because he's in a huff or because he's pissed off that the move every day looked more and more unlikely to materialise. Now we are sitting here recording this, and we could be both be proven to be complete idiots because you know he might not be a Rangers player by the end of the the day. But going on the assumption that he stays, going on the assumption that that move does not come to, to fruition, then I think what is really frustrating more than anything else is that he knows he's not playing tremendously well and he's not scoring goals. There was a great chance against Ross County where he quite clearly was caught in two minds about being able to lash at home, but he took a touch, then the defender got a block in and then away he goes and that again just mounts on to his frustration. A goal score, a free free flowing goal scorer, and Alfredo Morelos finishes that chance with a you know a second thought. So he needs to get into being able to run a, a degree of goals. He needs to be able to to get into a, a run of decent performances. He's got the capability there, right? But he's like everyone, David. When you you know you're not doing it well and it's pissing you off, it just weighs heavy in your mind a little bit more than it normally would do. And listen, he's not the first, and he won't be the last striker to go through a little bit of a goal drought, if you can possibly call it that. 
I think the challenge has to be for him to be able to get into it. And um, if he can turn it around, he can get into it. Genuinely, by this time next year, I hope we're talking about a £30 million player. In terms of his, you know, the, him leaving and whatnot, and, and I know that there is an argument that said, well, you know, Rangers made a mistake here because they've brought in some strikers. I felt we needed strikers anyway, to be quite honest with you. Um, but maybe it was predicated on him leaving, and, and maybe that is true. Um, I must say, though, and I'm going to just toss this into the mix, uh, I, I never got the impression that Steven Gerrard was desperate to see the back of him. Yes, I know he had to go up after the Leverkusen game, but he kept playing him. Yes, I know he dropped him for one game, but he brought him back quite quick. And I've just always had the impression that for Steven Gerrard, if Alfie had to go, then okay. But I, I think that Gerrard, I mean, who's he, realistic? He knows he's got to win something this year, probably the league, really. Um, and I think he feels he's got a much better chance of doing it with Alfredo Morelos here. I, I don't think he'll be in any way gutted if the window slams shut and Alfie's still a Rangers player, put it that way. No, I don't think so either. But then, again, it comes back to that that element of his temperament and what Gerard saw from him. And, you know, when he got to the Hamilton game and he, he was excluded and the, the, the challenge was really for him to be able to get back into a better space. You know, he knuckled down. He, he went into training practically every single day during the international break. I think Gerard came out and said he only had, like, one day off. Um, so... It's, it's all about attitude with Gerard. You know that. And if he sees that a player is trying, I think he'll stand by him. He did come out and say his head was turned. Yeah, for sure. But I think that you're talking about a guy who's talking about a life-changing move, which which anyone would uh, would have to. It's just a natural human instinct. But at the same point, you're absolutely right. He knows that Alfie can score these goals against the, the different levels of opposition, and he's done it already for Rangers. It's why Lille came sniffing. So, the most important thing, I think, now, on the assumption that tomorrow morning Alfredo Morelos is still a Rangers player, what we say to him is you need to be able to get into a space with this and just relax. It'll come back to you. You know how to score goals. Um, I would get him hit up for the Celtic game because I would absolutely just want him running rampage against them. If he scores against Celtic, by Christ, the amount of just this stupid, extraordinary pressure he puts on himself regarding that particular fixture would be fantastic. So if he can just get rid of all of that, brilliant. I'd be so happy for him. But Gerard stood by him. I think he's repaid Gerard with some of that in terms of trying to focus on what he can do. And they're both very clear now in terms of their relationship. And I think that's been been quite public. Right, folks, that will do us for today. Of course, we're into the dreaded international week, so it means that obviously there's no heart and hand extra this Thursday. We'll be back the following Thursday to preview the match at Parkhead that Cammy referred to there. Cammy, oh, you also have some news uh, on heart and hand extra because, of course, normally when we play on a Thursday, there's there's no extra. Yes, um, however, I'm very pleased to tell you all that... Um, with the, the European games uh, will be coming up thick and fast. We are going to move extra um, from a Thursday to a Friday whenever we have one of the European games so that we'll still be able to bring out the free show, um, which will pretty much be totally covering uh, the European game from the Thursday night prior, uh, dissecting a bit of that and then previewing the, the upcoming fixture for the weekend. Uh, so again, make sure that the free shows still come out to you and you get to hear about all things Rangers, which let's face it, David, we just absolutely love talking about. We do indeed, so you'll be able to get that in the same place you got this. Uh, it'll be on your feed. Right, thank you to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. Thank you to my friend Cameron. A pleasure as always, David. Thank you for your time. 
Remember, the international break is a desolate, desolate place. And if you're looking for some Rangers stuff, and of course you probably will be, then go to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where from just one ninety nine per month, 50p per week, come on, we're practically giving it away, you will get all manner of shows on Rangers, loads and loads of great content every single day, as well as being part of a community that, trust me, is an, an awful lot for. We're one of the nicer places on the interwebs. Thank you for joining me this week. I will be back probably next week, but certainly in two weeks' time. But until then, stay safe and take care. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.